heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Growth Junkies podcast. My name is Ben Bost, and Kent Del Husay is sitting across from me, as always, here in our studio. And we are going to discuss another topic with you all today, or you know, kind of have a discussion about it with one another <laughs> and record that for you. And uh, we've been thinking a lot about the trajectory of the podcast going forward, and what we're going to do, uh, particularly with like some of the releases and things that we have coming up. Um, we'll be make a, uh, making a transition here fairly soon to kind of a season orientation um, to our podcast as we roll various things out. But there's a couple of topics that we've been wanting to describe and discuss and uh, play with a little bit, I guess you could say. And one that floats around often in the office when we're together is humor. Would you would you say we laugh a lot together? I think we laugh too much, Ben. <laughs> no. We are borderline silly. Oh, no, we're not silly, but we do laugh it a lot. It gets a little goofy at times. Yeah. And, and we asked the question, like, is it okay yeah. to laugh? Is it okay to be funny? Is it okay to have humor? Is it okay to, you know, be silly? I mean, that's those are good questions. And so we thought about maybe talking about this. And so as a part of the Summer Survival Series, we want to do two parts on humor mm-hmm. because of how important it is in life. And we've touched on this in the past. Uh, we've discussed these types of things we've discussed topics like happiness Mm -hmm. which we might get a a little bit into in these these two parts some as well because they're all interconnected and linked Mm -hmm. but humor is a a real part of life it's an essential part of life and it's something that we wanted to throw out there and discuss with one another so that the growth junkies can benefit from a conversation about it partly because man the world right now uh, and just things that are going on and life it, itself, it can be really hard. Mm-hmm. We look at where we're at today, culturally, a lot of the things we're facing and trying to come out of something that no one thought we would face, a global pandemic, and then readjust to life that's never going to be the same. And also somewhat questionable as to if we're going to go back there again. Like how do you deal with all of these things? And humor has a way of helping us to deal with life the hard things of life. Right. Yeah. Humor is important. And I think that um, it's probably fair to say a lot of us, you know, have lost our sense of humor maybe, or it's been sort of uh, buried or beaten out of us, beaten out of us, Mm -hmm. whatever reason. But I think a lot of us would say we don't laugh enough. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough fun. Um, We don't feel the lightness of life. Instead, we feel the weightiness of life. Mm Because life is weighty. Life yeah. gets really complicated. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And the last year and a half have reminded everybody how hard life can be. Yeah. And, and and sometimes you feel sort of bad about, you know, enjoying or laughing when other people are going through hard things. Right. So you don't want to be perceived as insensitive or unaware. And how dare you laugh at a time like this? And yet I will tell you, Ben, some of the most Joyous laughter has actually happened at funerals of all places. Mm-hmm. I've been to funerals or celebrations of life where, you know, somebody sort of cuts the moment, the tension mm-hmm. with something funny, a funny story, you know, like when they're sharing or, you know, a, an anecdote or a quote and people laugh. It's almost as if people were starving or craving yeah. 
a break from the tenseness in the room. And so you laugh because it's like blowing off steam, right? Yeah, the reminiscing sometimes about the person. Yeah. Like, man, I, I hope that when I die and people come to a memorial of my life, that there is a lot of laughter. Mm-hmm. That my my life wasn't so serious and, and I wasn't so gloom and head down all the time that I couldn't look up around and laugh and enjoy relationships. And that some of the reminiscing would be, can you remember when? Right. And they tell a funny story. Those are the best. Those are the best sitting around, even when it's not a funeral, but sitting around and reminiscing <laughs> funny memories is always great. I mean, dudes, guys are good at this. Yeah. We get together with old friends and we go back to high school or college and say, remember when that happened? That was awesome. And to be fair to our conversation right now, we were doing that a little we bit were just doing before that. we went on to record. Uh, we're not going to share with you the stories, but we were <laughs> having a lot of laughs. We were reminiscing funny stories from college. Yeah, and high school. And high school. Which just, let's just say it, okay? High school is a weird time anyway, mm-hmm. and you just have to look back and laugh at yourself. Well, we all get a pass because our brains weren't fully formed. <laughs> oh, not fully formed. Right. So you do stupid things. Yeah, so. some of us act like idiots. You know, <laughs> that That's part of growing up. And so you look back on that, and either you're just embarrassed and ashamed and grumpy, or you laugh about it. Mm-hmm. You know the proverbial like something bad happens and you say it's not funny right now but i have a feeling we're gonna laugh about this someday like you just know there's something about it that'll be funny later Mm -hmm. so even when it's not funny it can be funny later so the the, here's the important thing be sure to do the later be sure to actually go back and reminisce and laugh about that crazy episode in your life those things are (laughs) valuable and important but i will tell you this ben there's enormous pressure I feel it. Maybe you feel it. Maybe the growth junkies feel it. This pressure not to laugh. Hmm. Like life is supposed to be serious and cerebral and you're not allowed to to make it light or to make a crack or a, God forbid, a joke, Mm -hmm. you know, or tell a funny story Mm -hmm. because it's inappropriate. It's, it's insensitive. I mean, even humor today, it's very dangerous to, to try to be funny Absolutely. or laugh because someone's going to get offended. Yeah. We live in an offensive world. I was thinking about that as you were saying this. Like culturally, it, it's almost like I don't know if I can laugh at that or not. Right. The way that humor has changed mm-hmm. in the last 25 years, it's like you don't even know if you can have a sense of humor anymore. That's right. And if you do, people, maybe they don't respect you or maybe they ignore you or write you off or think that you're a goof. I mean, whatever it might be, there's a lot of reasons why humor is in danger. Mm-hmm. Humor is really in danger today. Oh, that's a good way of saying it. And we live in a world in which I will say I see less of it. And people who are humorous often get criticized mm-hmm. or they're viewed as dumb or marginalized or they become a stand-up comic and mm-hmm. nobody takes them seriously. Yeah, we compartmentalize it to certain categories where we give ourselves permission to have humor. Right. right so I bought a ticket to go see a comedian and watch them. So he has free pass mm-hmm. to be as funny as he wants to be. Like the whole room is giving that person right. permission to make us laugh. So you're almost preconditioned when you show up to laugh. Right. And it's it's a bit of a weird thing. It, it detaches itself from life in an unhelpful way. Yeah, well, the funny thing about this is I remember reading recently that um, in Japan, they actually started these things called cry bars. <laughs> which are actual places you can go and you can pay to go in just to cry with other people. 
because there's no safe place to be able to cry. And so the question I would ask is, if you have a cry bar, shouldn't there also be a laugh bar? Well, it's kind of our improv. That's right. right. So we, we actually schedule and create places to go that are safe enough to laugh. But even then, Ben, even there, those folks are in trouble because there's certain things that are off limits more than ever. They can't even joke about them anymore. In fact, there, there's statements that it's hard to be a comic because everything's not allowed to be joked about anymore. Well, and I think what comes to the surface for me too, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, is the, the healthy ability to have a full range of emotion. Yeah. Right? The term is valence. Valence. And so this is like the range of emotions in your life right. where throughout a day, it would be great to have that range, mm -hmm. not just compartmentalize certain things to certain places in different times yeah. where it's unhealthy to only have an experience of like one or two emotions. Like I'm either sad yeah. or angry or, or sad or happy, right? Like just polarized, right? We've talked about a lot about this, but to have a variant or a valence or ex uh, an experience of all of those emotions across the board, wouldn't it be great if that was happening consistently throughout our days, well, that's throughout our weeks. supposed right? to be that way. I mean, that's that's important because... It's healthy. Well, even I, you look at the Bible and even the Old Testament, you know, in Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon mm. laid this out, that there's a time for weeping and for laughter. Yeah. That we're supposed to have both of those in our valence, in our range of experiences. And the problem is people only typically have one or the other. They're denying themselves one of those two. And the reality is you're becoming a narrow, narrowly focused emotional person, which all you experience maybe is one. So you, you're always sad, you know, and yeah. people who are always happy are tend to be written off as being goobers, right? <laughs> so the, the Goofiness fact is or silliness or something like that, right? People on any given day, you should, there should be some tears. There should be some laughter. In fact, the dynamic emotional life is one that is defined by the range on a daily basis. Mm. So whether it's daily or weekly or monthly, the reality is I should be crying and I should be laughing. And if I'm not doing one of those two, I don't have valence. Mm. I don't have balance. I don't have the equity in my life emotionally. Mm -hmm. So we need these things. So we talk on this, this podcast about the value of grief and despair you know, and processing pain and mm -hmm. trauma. We do right. a lot on that, but we need to spend a little bit of time on the other side of things, which is also celebration, you know, rejoicing, yeah. laughter and happiness because healthy emotionality is about experiencing the range of both of those. So here's the thing. If life is going by for you and you don't laugh and you don't smile and you don't enjoy, mm. you are missing out and you are imbalanced. And yet how does a person who maybe has experienced a lot of really hard things and suffering in life that has, we'll use the term or, or phrase, robbed them of their joy. Mm -hmm. Like you'll hear that from time to time, that they just don't have an underlying sense that even though life can be really, really hard at times, it's going to be good again. There yeah. will be moments that of, of lightness or brightness or celebration, like you just use that word. It can be difficult for people to get back there. Oh, it is hard. And I, I'm the first to admit, I, I use the word in my family. I was poopy for many, many years. <laughs> my wife says poopy. So that's a nice way of putting it. That's a G rated version. <laughs> a G rated you know, version. We, we are um, grumpy people because the world beats it out of us. And yeah. so it's true. I, I read this recently that the average adult laughs 17 times a day. Children laugh at least 300 times a day. 
So what happens between childhood and adulthood to our sense of humor? Yeah. Why do we not laugh as much as we used to? There's something that happens to us. The pressures of life, the complexities of life, the traumas of life, the disappointments. There's a lot of anger. Like I I recently have been listening to some um, heavy metal music. (laughs) Just to get in the spirit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and the spirit what, of what? The spirit of anger, right? <laughs> Angst. But there's something about heavy metal that that there, there's an anger that's captured in heavy metal, and they're speaking the emotional language of a generation of people who are pissed, uh-huh. Ben. Yeah. They're pissed. True. They're angry at the world. They're angry at the lies. They're angry at the hypocrisy. And you have good reason to be angry and mad at the world. But is that any reason to completely abandon your humor? That's not good for you. It's not right. good for me. But I, I'll be the first to say that I did. I let the world beat the snot out of me. Mm-hmm. It, it stole my joy, to use the words you used. It stole my joy. It stole my laughter. It stole my humor. And for a long time, I couldn't laugh or smile at all. I was sad mm-hmm. all the time or I was mad. But the reality is that was an imbalanced life. And what I wasn't able to do was embrace the moments that Mm -hmm. came along of joy, the moments of happiness, the moments of laughter. I miss those. So I had to come to a place in my life of health where I embraced humor once again. And since I've been doing that the last few years of my life, I feel so much more balanced emotionally. Yeah, it's helpful. I feel the valence because I feel like on any given day I could be sad, but I also could be joyfully happy and they're both okay and it's okay and it's it's actually a balanced thing yes where as we're moving more toward this where society has become imbalanced mm-hmm. we start to view those emotional swings as something wrong with you right which is not no the right way of looking at it you start thinking well i must be really emotionally unhealthy mm-hmm. if one moment during the day i'm feeling very joyful or happy mm-hmm. and another moment i'm incredibly sad and downcast yeah, we, you know, the world says you're bipolar or something. Right, you know what I mean? You'll get a diagnosis. You get a diagnosis like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? It's like, are you being moody? No, the reality is actually on any given day, there is a host of emotions we ought to feel. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the only question is, are you being honest emotionally? Are you being honest with yourself and allowing yourself to feel what it is you want to feel? So I, on any given day, Ben, I, I might get angry. Mm-hmm. I might get sad. I might get happy. I might get pensive mm-hmm. on any given day. There's a range of things I'm right. going to experience. And the difference now is I allow myself to feel those things. Right. So when it comes to humor, one of the big things is that we don't give ourselves permission to experience it. Right. I'm not allowed to laugh. I'm not allowed to have fun either because of something I've done or something done to me. Mm-hmm. That somehow the freedom to be able to enjoy and laugh and have humor is no longer my freedom. I don't have the ability to do that. Either because people are going to judge me, they're going to shun me, or I feel like the other shoe's going to drop tomorrow. <laughs> right. For whatever reason, I don't feel free to be able to embrace humor because I feel like the moment that I do, and this is my story, mm-hmm. the moment that I choose to laugh and enjoy, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, and so I want to speak to the the childhood side of this, like the 300 times a day that a child laughs. So growing up as a kid, first 10 years of my life was a great time. I was, a, I think, a pretty happy kid and had great community, great friends. There was a lot of joy. I was a daydreamer. And eventually life catches up with you. And so when I, when I look back at my childhood and the things that I would imagine, the things that I would think about that would – And that's part of it, the exploration of the mind that can bring joy and these range of emotions and just thinking about things. 
And then life starts to show up as you get older Mm -hmm. and you start to realize like, this is not what I've pictured in my mind. Now, it's not okay to be idealistic, like to the point where you're living in an imaginary world. Mm -hmm. And I probably treaded on that, but I was not prepared to experience the difficulties of life and that real stuff, which happens to all of us. It begins to show up and you go, well, how do I deal with this? This is nothing that I dreamed could be possible or and there's a lot of lies that are sold to us through media too, right? Mm-hmm. Disney can be a bit challenging in the the narratives and the things that it presents to us to believe, right? You can be whatever you want to be. Well, here's the deal. You really can't be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Like you can try that, but mm-hmm. there's parts of that do, that don't work and can lead to a lot of suffering, right? right? But looking forward to life with um, hope, which humor has a big part in. Right, being able to laugh at things that are challenging and difficult, to not take yourself so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, so I went from being a, a kid who was pretty happy to really struggling and losing a lot of my emotional valence. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally turned off. I felt like it turned off like a spigot. Mm-hmm. When I was going through depression, I couldn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Even, even sadness was hard to feel. It was just numbness. Yeah. And it was like looking around at the world and going, what am I actually living in? I don't know how to make sense of any of this. Mm-hmm. And just hoping that that would turn back on someday, which it has, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And I've gained balance of emotion across the board. But humor is a critical piece of it. So my, my son and I just went on a trip together, my oldest. And one of the things we did, it was pretty funny. This would be two ends of the range of emotion. One night, we watched the movie The Joker. Have you seen this movie with yeah, Joaquin it's, it's Phoenix? It's not, not funny. <laughs> it is not funny. No. It's very dark and depressing. Right. And has some weird twists on humor and just and violent. Yeah. yeah. And the way that the Joker presents the way Joaquin Phoenix does it, a brilliant character development, right. cinematography, all of those things. But it is a depressing mm. movie. Mm-hmm. Next night, we started watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Will that Smith, is funny. Alfonso Ribeiro, like, oh my gosh. So I'll ask you this. One of the funniest shows in history, I think, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. The Carlton dance, everything, just the dancing and the way the whole thing goes. It's a fantastic show. If you just want to laugh, yeah, it's very light, very humorous, and it's it's appropriate. right? That's another thing is when we start looking at humor, a lot of times humor can be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And and it's a it would be an interesting to discussion to talk about that, but good healthy humor mm-hmm. is going to be something that raises our level of joy and hope. I think. Yeah, I think humor is life giving. I mean, the reality yeah. is, I, w- I would I want to ask you after watching you know the Joker and then watching the Fresh Prince, you guys probably felt differently not only during the movie but after. Oh, I mean, we actually had a conversation about this after the, after watching the Joker, my son and I, mm. because I don't do well with demented dark things partly Mm -hmm. because of the kind of content that I was exposed to as a kid. Mm -hmm. I remember being like six or seven years old and watching the movie Halloween on TV Mm -hmm. by myself or poltergeist, right? That will mess you up. Yeah. And so I don't really do well internally and emotionally with those kinds of twisted things. Mm -hmm. Some people love horror. Mm -hmm. I hate it. And so my son and I had this conversation. I said, I had to keep reminding myself as I was going through it that this isn't fiction, it's not real, even though it was affecting my internal state. Mm -hmm. Where for him, he's like watching it from a character development standpoint and all the creativity and all these different things, which people can do. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't have as much of an emotional effect on him. So yes, 
And then just the humor and laughter that came from watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Which we didn't have a conversation after about. Kind of interesting. But yes, that's to your point. That's very true. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I lament. I was just thinking about this, too. I I lament that there's no sitcoms anymore, it seems like. (laughs) Whatever happened to, I mean, go back to MASH and Cheers and Friends. Taxi. Oh, we're really dating. Everybody loves now. Raymond. Happy I mean, days. Happy. There's all these sitcoms that were funny that made people laugh. And today there's very few, if any. And I feel like that's indicative of our culture. It's a loss of sense of humor. Humor's in danger. Yeah. And and it's it's not it's not a premium. It's not valued. But the reality is, it's incredibly important to our health and our flourishing as human beings. Mm-hmm. I've discovered that re-embracing humor in my life has saved me. Mm. I mean, really saved me. My psychology, you know, my physiology, it affects all of me. And I I so much so believe in this that I reprioritized in my life humor, Mm. taking time out every day to laugh. And when I sense something is funny, I'm going to laugh and I'm going to laugh out loud. (laughs) I'm going to fully embrace that moment and enjoy it because it's critically important. Mm. Another big thing I've learned, Ben, is that, man, we live in a world in which we take ourselves way too seriously, way too seriously, either because we're insecure you know, because we don't want other people to think that we're, we're goofs or something, or we don't want people to laugh at us. Yeah. So we're really insecure and afraid. So that motivates us to not try to be funny or have humor. That could be part of it. Or it's the external pressures that bear down on us that just steal the joy and the humor. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whether it's internal or external, we, 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 we take the humor from our lives and let people take it from us. Yeah. And it's so sad. And so the reality, though, is I can say this. Across the board, people who are um, whimsical, Mm. you know, and are able to bring lightness and humor into a room are attractive. Mm -hmm. They actually raise the energy in the room and people aren't turned off to them. They're drawn to them. People are looking for humor so much so you even say kind Ben, hungry you you yeah. love comedy. Oh, <laughs> you 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 look for comedy. You want to watch the comedians because you're you want to laugh. You you you're drawn to it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so quickly though, what what's one of your favorite shows from the past that you can? I know you referenced a couple, but if you had to go, like here's the one that just made me laugh a lot. Oh, the, the one that comes to mind. The one that, that we still watch reruns of is Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Steph and I just love show. that show. We laugh so hard every time. We can relate to the characters, our family. That show is just so great to me. It's one of my favorites. And then long, long time ago, even when I was young, Cheers was a great oh. show. I remember laughing a lot uh, watching Cheers. And then Seinfeld, which was Oh, Seinfeld, legendary. of course. Oh, yeah. The Simpsons. Like, there's all these things out yeah. there. Yeah. Married with Children. One that was one been, my parents didn't oh. like. But Married with Children made me laugh a lot, too. One that was left off the list was The Love Boat. Oh, was that funny? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was. Soon we'll comedic. be making another run. <laughs> Maybe it needs to make another run. Yeah, well, that was comedic right there. Ben singing. Oh, you know. It is what it is. But yeah, I do love comedians. I do love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, I I do go looking for it. Like we will sit at home as a family sometimes and watch stand-up. And it's it's kind of all over the board. There's there's appropriate stand-up and there's stand-up that you mm-hmm. uh, don't want to watch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of all over. And uh, so for me, I like Brian Regan is mm-hmm. an incredible comedian. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Bargatze is one that I discovered recently 
but there's an Italian comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco, that is to me is hilarious and his ethnicity and his mannerisms. Just watching someone act out the real things of life and the inconsistencies and all the stuff that they're able to do and make you laugh about it. Yeah. And so here's my disclaimer. If you if you choose to go watch any of these comedians that I've mentioned to you, you're not going to hear a lot of language from them except for maybe the last one. So just be aware. Uh, but sometimes it's just really funny. You it's know? it's a warning. These guys yeah. are clean. Just want to warn you. They're pretty they clean. Are, yeah. I mean, <laughs> extensively, most of them clean. Uh, but you'll catch a word here and there. Sebastian Maniscalco, and I've showed these to you, does a skit on Chipotle that is hilarious. And the airport. Any good comedian, I've learned this, has an incredible skit on the airport. If they don't, they're not any good. So so you folks, you heard it here. Ben is really <laughs> into comedy. Loves comedians. He I knows do, those yeah. folks. Um, so the, the fact, though, is that you are indicative of those of us that make a point of looking for humor, like trying to yeah. find it because we know the value it has in our lives. So I would say this, Ben, do you, do you laugh every day? Would you say? I think so. Yeah. I think I actually probably laugh a lot throughout the day as I've, as I've gotten healthier over time, especially climbing out of where I was in my twenties. It's become incredibly, incredibly important to me. Yeah. I actually, this last weekend spoke, um, on happiness and it is a topic, as you know me really well, very near and dear to my heart because it's it's something we all long for and, and are looking for in life, but think is very elusive. And we misunderstand right. what it is right. as a concept and how it's developed. And humor is directly linked to happiness uh, significantly. Mm -hmm. And it's something we need to understand. So I think on topics like this, things like humor, happiness, love, we mostly take the approach in life today that these kind of feel elusive. Mm -hmm. And, and we hope that they happen to us. Um, if by accident we get a chance to experience some humor throughout our day, then we're grateful for that. But in reality, by and large, we're expecting to not. Yeah. And I, I would say this, that what you said about being intentional about it mm -hmm. is really the solution. If you want it in your life, build it that way. Yeah. I feel like humor is like emotions. We all have it, but we're not all in touch with it. Yeah. So I actually don't believe in people don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> they just don't exercise it or it's gone dormant or it's been beaten out of them. Mm -hmm. So the fact is no one's going to help you develop your sense of humor. You have to do it yourself. You've got to say, I'm going to make humor a priority in my life. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to smile. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to embrace the valence of emotional mm -hmm. breath. And so let's talk about uh, why humor is so good. Let's wrap up on this, Ben. There yeah. are three things I want to share about why humor is so good. Number one, and we, we touched on this, humor or laughter is good for your health. It's good for you. It strengthens the immune system. It boosts our mood. It diminishes pain. It helps us cope with stress. Yeah, it's kind of this relief. Yes. It's a pressure release. Right? I think I noticed that when I, because if you watch comedy or something that makes you belly laugh, for a, a decent amount of time, when you're done, there's just like this relaxation. Yeah. I wonder who was who were the doctors that decided to study this. Oh, you know? it's all over. <laughs> I googled it, and you could go to Mayo Clinic and read up on this. Oh wow. They published research on this. Wow, that's really it's interesting. physiological truth. Your body, your mind, your soul, your whole person benefits from humor. 
And if you're not enjoying humor and laughing, you're depriving yourself of what's making you healthy. Yeah, the brain chemicals, right? Absolutely. Of serotonin and norepinephrine, and it gets the endorphins going, all yes. that stuff that happens in your body when you're enjoying and laughing and having, you know, a time and a moment where yeah. it's just like for me, I say belly laughter. It's yeah. it's just funny. It's critically important for your health. So if you want to be healthy growth junkies, mm. you personally, then embrace humor and laughter. Number two, humor and laughter is good for your relationships. Um, research. I, I looked up research on this. I've been studying this. Um, laughter and humor actually strengthens relational bonds. Mm. When you laugh with others, it connects you to them. You find commonalities. Humor and laughter also attracts us to others and makes us attractive. Mm. So here's the reality. If, if you're dull and serious and grumpy, <laughs> but you're like gorgeous or handsome, <laughs> it makes you ugly. It honestly does. It detracts from your attractiveness. You're actually more attractive if you have a sense of humor and you joke and you laugh and you embrace life. And here's good news for the ugly people, right? So Ben, you and I, we're blessed here. <laughs> yes. Maybe those of us that aren't as handsome as all the others or as beautiful as all the others, if you are light and enjoyable and you can laugh and you can smile, it yeah. actually increases your attractiveness to other people. Charisma, yeah. It's charisma. Well, and I want to say a quick comment on, yeah. because of our background and histories, you know, coming out of the, the church as followers of Jesus, right? It just kind of has to be said that like, Followers of Jesus or Christians can be really grumpy people sometimes. Like the church can often be a place of not a lot of joy, Mm -hmm. which if you read the scriptures long enough, you realize that joy is and happiness is a significant theme and part of scripture. So where's the inconsistency and how do we get to that place? And so this is here's an add on. Right. For those of you who don't want to watch the comedians that I've that I listed earlier, Tim Hawkins is a Christian comedian Mm -hmm. who is absolutely hilarious and does a skit on Chick-fil-A. So that's an added bonus for anybody who's interested in that mm, one. You just made me hungry. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Okay. Chick- yes. So it is It is good for your relationships. Yes. It, it bonds people. It also diffuses conflict. So if, like, if you notice, like, if you're in an argument with somebody and something <laughs> funny happens... It helps to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. It cuts the slack and the tension. If you're the source of the funniness that could get you punched in the face. You can, well, <laughs> now sarcasm. No, there we go. That's the negative side of humor. That's the kind that doesn't help relationships. Humor at somebody else's expense is the wrong kind of humor. Ooh, yeah. So that's important to clarify. Right. But good humor, healthy humor that's not the expense of others promotes bonding. So it helps your relationships. And then number three, check this out. Humor and laughter is good for society. Mm. It's actually good for the flourishing of our society. How? Well, it disarms defensiveness. Have you actually seen and experienced this? How humor can actually lighten a very tense situation. It can disarm somebody's defensive walls. It brings them down. That's true not just interpersonally, but interracially, interculturally. Yeah intergalactically i don't i think the reality is that humor is very helpful to disarm defensiveness it cuts the tension it also increases productivity in fact Mm. northeastern university did a study on this and it showed that volunteers who watched comedy were better at solving complex problems oh interesting there's research on this that when you are laughing and enjoy embracing humor you think better but the office the show the office didn't really 
they weren't really good at solving problems. No, because they didn't laugh. They were serious. We laughed at them. We laughed at them. It's such a funny show. It is a good show. Uh, It also uh, facilitates communication. In fact, uh, humor is a very powerful tool of communication. You can, you can communicate very important truths yeah. in the context of humor. Right. And actually, it makes those points go down easier yeah. when they're packaged in humor. So it's, it's really true throughout history that very important truths have been packaged in humor, and we can absorb them and imbibe those things because they're less offensive because they're funny. In fact, they've said that the, re, the way to, to disarm people and lower the defenses is make them laugh. And I... I want to say that we, as a society, going back to that point you were making, we, we need to get a, our sense of humor back. Yeah. Like yeah. we were raised in a time period, like we'll just use stereotypes, for example. Back in the day when we were, we were growing up, stereotypes, partly they are what they are because they're true. Mm-hmm. And I remember a day and time where you could kind of laugh about the differences. Mm-hmm. And this is also really important in marriage for couples to be able to laugh at their differences, to, to not be able to take it so seriously, to, to create a lightness in the relationship. But I think that bleeds out even into society where now certain people groups can laugh at themselves, mm-hmm. but you can't laugh at someone else, right? It used to be able to be a situation where like they'd be laughing about a stereotype and it's like, yeah, cause that's true of me. Yeah. But now those, that's all wrong. Like yeah. we can't, you can't bridge Topics, you can't mm-hmm. say things. Everyone's walking on eggshells. And that's like the proverbial statement about our culture is you got to be really careful because you don't know when you're going to set someone off, mm-hmm. right? Cause a problem, say something you shouldn't say. Oh, you're so insensitive. The reality is we just need to lighten up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, the reality is that, you know, there's certain things that galvanize cultures. You know, one of them, like, like 9-11, mm-hmm. galvanized us to war, you know what I mean? To, to, to go and fight this unseen enemy. Yeah. So it galvanized us and it was our, our anger that united us, but yeah, anger unites us. Sadness, mourning unites us. Right. You know what also unites us? Laughter and humor. And it used to be that American society could laugh together. We could all laugh at ourselves and actually it, it binds us together, unifies us mm-hmm. as a tribe of people. But now because our inability to laugh together, to laugh at one another and at ourselves has actually created more tensions and disunity in our culture and why it feels more pluralistic than ever. And I, so I just wonder if, what if American society, Western society, but predominantly United States, with the whole conversations about diversity and inclusion and whatever, if the route we would have went would, would have been to have more humor involved in that connection and unity yes. versus seriousness and division yes. and um, all of those things. Like the way that it feels, I wonder how, how different it would be. Well, let me use this example. We'll wrap up on this one. Um, the movie Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Dude, the movie Monsters, Inc. The whole premise of the movie is that they make a living off of scaring kids. <laughs> they come out of the closets and they scare them and the kids scream and that gives the power yeah. to be able to power everything. Right. But what they discovered was laughter was more powerful. Great movie. And so they end up creating laughter as the mechanism for creating energy. It's greater than fear and screaming. And so when you think about that analogy, and even there's a new show coming out, Monsters Like Laugh Factory or Monsters Work. Oh, yeah. And it's all about the laughter they're creating. So that premise communicates a very important point. 
that the, what unifies and strengthens and empowers a culture most is shared enjoyment and laughter. Yeah, I wonder what it would look like, right? Like you just mm-hmm. said, if we had more humor involved, how acceptance would go. Yeah. And how the conversation of unity would go. If we laugh together more. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what my neighbor is like. It doesn't matter what culture we come from, what skin color we have, what language we speak. We can find a commonality in laughter. And when you mm. laugh together, that bonds you. It does. And so if we could learn to laugh, not only as a culture here in America, but imagine globally. Oh, yeah. If we could learn to laugh together. Yeah. Then we could, I mean, walls would come down. We would see unity around the world. Right. This is critically valuable and important, and yet we've lost the art of humor. But we need to re-embrace it as a value, as a priority, and as growth junkies, I would suggest that humor ought to be at the top of the list of things we're looking to cultivate, not just in ourselves, but in our relationships and in our society. I'd sign up for that. Where do we sign up for that? Uh, right here. Ben. <laughs> Let's start a petition. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Better than a social contract. <laughs> well, we just hope this was valuable to you. Um, we're going to do another part on this uh, in the next episode to continue talking about humor. It's just a vital part of life. And we really appreciate you, our listeners. And if you have questions for us or thoughts about this, feel free to uh, email those to us. But we really appreciate you coming and taking time out of your day uh, to listen to the Growth Junkies podcast. And so we look forward to bringing you another episode next time. And uh, we hope that you enjoy it as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. We also have a new book coming out soon. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, continue growing.